Hello, this is Fred Goldstein. I'm at the Jefferson Population Health Colloquium in Philadelphia, and I'm joined by Joe Coughlin, the director of the MIT Age Lab. Welcome. Hey, welcome. Thank you. Great to be here. Yeah, fantastic to have you at the conference. You were speaking uh, this morning and talked about the elderly and kind of brought up some different ways to look at it. You mentioned uh, something about, hey, as people get older, but maybe we don't need older programs. Could you comment on that a little bit? Right. The fact is, is that the future of old age is actually very new. We not only have more older adults, but the big new generation gap is that older adults that not only want to live longer, but they want to live better. So they expect more. And as part of that, you talked about our measurements and said maybe we're measuring the wrong things. And uh, and, uh, and you mentioned the 119-year-old woman and what she said about her life. Sure. Sarah Noss, a uh, resident at one time of the Keystone State here, said that when she was asked, How, why do you enjoy living so long? She said, because I have my health and I can do things. Well, we need to keep the measures we have because those are based hard science and empirical evidence. But we also need to come up with those measures that matter to other people, staying in their home, remaining mobile, connected to friends. Those are the things we live for. We don't just live to provide physiological data points. Right, and so, so as we look in the population health space, do we need to begin to just look broader at, at some of those other ways to say, hey, we're having a positive result with these and individuals? Absolutely. The future positive of uh, population health is fantastic. But we also need to embrace far more disciplines, bring in the sociologists, bring in, frankly, even the political scientists and the architects. Because it's not just about what we're doing tomorrow, but how we actually engage with the physical environment and how well we navigate it. Real health is about doing things. So if population health can get us healthy to a base point, but then say that we're also planning for our well-being, that will get the consumer or the patient more engaged and hopefully more successful outcomes. And everyone's really focused now on technology. We're connecting all this stuff up. We're feeding all this information into something. But you you mentioned sort of something's missing from the tech side of it. Sure. Hey, I would like to say that at MIT, technology is the answer. Now, what's your question? (laughs) But what we have found is that it's only part of the answer. We need to rethink how we train our next generation care force, how to use those technologies and all those data. Where do we find those technologies? Who do we trust? All the technologies that are going to go into your house. Who installs it? Who maintains it? How do you learn to trust to use it? So there's a lot of soft questions that will be very hard barriers, if not solved, to having those technologies in our lives. And you talked about the need for this sort of service. You have to put it within a service out there. Absolutely. So, you know, if you think about it, today's customer, also today's patient, is used to the experience economy. What is the experience of healthcare? What is the experience of technology? We want a turnkey solution. I don't want to buy a TV or a telemedicine system. I want to be able to communicate with my doctor or watch TV. The job of the consumer is the end product, not having the hardware by itself. Right. Great. That's, it's, it, it was really fascinating. The other thing that really hit me was your whole discussion about women. That well, One, obviously the number, but two, from a decision-making perspective. Absolutely. The future is definitely female. <laughs> she... Primarily a 45 to 55, 47 to 57 year old female makes the majority of household decisions. It's not biology, it's role. She provides care. She also works full time. She's caring for more older adults than she probably has children. So as a result, she is the chief consumer officer of the house, not just for health care, but for everything else around it. And so what is MIT looking at now? What are some of the new areas you're exploring? Sure. The MIT Age Lab 
is looking at, yes, the technologies, absolutely. We have engineers and data scientists, but also the psychology. Who is the face of not just that patient, but the network around them, the consumer, the uh, merchants, the retailers, as well as the care force. But also, how do we design that into public policy and business models? Because great ideas are wonderful, but if I can't move it out of the lab into the living room, then it's just a good idea and not an innovation in living. So what do you see sort of coming out that excites you, that you think is going to have a profound impact to help us, help uh, all of us live sure. the way we want to live as we yeah. age? I think that some of the great things that are out there today that are just starting to sneak up on us is the future of robotics from the autonomous vehicle that will provide seamless mobility safely for a lifetime, but also those little things that we don't think are robots, whether it's the Amazon Echoes or the Google Homes, that are going to be ordering things for convenience and because it's cool for your refrigerator or entertainment, but tomorrow will also be the future of care. Think about all the services that we have today that are purely convenient, but will be really fun and useful to have when we're in our 80s and 90s in the future. Is there any potential downside to some of this stuff? Well, technology, every solution also brings with it a certain amount of challenges. And with technologies that can monitor, manage, and motivate you 24-7, there are privacy concerns, there's trust concerns, and frankly, you have to start to ask the question, when does a gentle nudge to take your medication become a constant nudge in the household? And I think you actually had a piece on that. Where would somebody right. find that info? Sure, my blog on bigthink.com, Disruptive Demographics, where I basically place my brain droppings on technology, demographics, and life tomorrow. Well, fantastic. The work you're doing at MIT Age Lab is really incredible. Well, really it's appreciate it. great to be here at Jefferson. And your presentation this morning was great. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much, much for joining great. us. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.